0: at butcherbox.com/morningcup and use code morningcup to choose
1: your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable. Where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds. Experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
0: There were two more murders, fifteen miles well, we away. When arrived, they found the telephone and electricity lines weird described uh-huh.
2: by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird
1: religion. Morning, a of murder.
2: A lot of things have to line up for a person to be properly charged for their crimes. On October 1st, 2012, a young girl disappeared from in front of her home in Powys, Wales. And despite not having a critical piece of evidence, a man was charged for her murder. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. April Sue Lynn Jones, a five-year-old girl with cerebral palsy from Powys, Wales, disappeared on October 1, 2012, after a seven-year-old playmate saw her willingly get into a vehicle near her home. The town acted almost immediately. While the police worked with the witness, volunteers organized search parties, and one of the officers made the unprecedented decision to instigate a child rescue alert, something unheard of at the time, but later proved to be extremely helpful. He knew he made the right decision when more than 1,200 phone calls came in, in 24 hours. Despite all of this, there were challenges. The only witness to her disappearance was just seven years old, and they had trouble getting an accurate description from the young girl. And that incredible volunteer turnout left many away from their homes when police came knocking to ask questions. Therefore, it wasn't until the next day that police received a tip that a man named Mark Bridger had been in the area the day of the abduction and had a vehicle that matched the girl's description. Mark was a 46-year-old local man who was, for the most part, a well-liked member of the community. But with no other viable leads and time running out, just six hours after the tip was called in and less than 24 hours after her disappearance, Mark Bridger was arrested while walking between the village where April disappeared from and his own. So who was Mark Bridger? Mark was born in London on November 6, 1965 and, from the time he was a young teen, had a string of small convictions on his record, the latest being an assault charge in 2007. He liked to spin an elaborate web of lies that included a well-decorated career in the military, but in reality, he had six children by four different women and various jobs like hotel porter, firefighter, lifeguard, mechanic, and welder. And behind closed doors, the harmless, odd-jobs man was an alcoholic who had an obsession with child pornography, rape, and murder. And with his arrest came a new bit of information. He knew the family. Mark Bridger began dating a woman named Elaine Griffiths in 1996. Elaine had a sister, Karen, who began dating a man named Paul Jones, April's father. Mark and Elaine dated for eight years, and had gotten to know Paul and his teenage daughters pretty well even after his relationship with Karen had ended. He also knew April's mother, Carol, who played on his same darts team. But before any further investigation could be done, Carol made a public plea for her daughter's safe return. She had no idea the severity of her daughter's predicament. The next day, the prime minister issued a similar plea, but by October 5th, police officially designated her case as a murder inquiry. Shortly after his arrest, Mark Bridger admitted to killing the young girl. He said he accidentally ran her over in his Land Rover, though he said he could not remember where he disposed of her body. Police began searching his homes in hopes that it would lead them to the girl's body. What it led to was a treasure trove of graphic, pornographic images, some including April's teenaged half-sisters, and eight of April herself. Later, blood was found splattered around the picturesque cottage and connected to April Jones. Her family was then informed of the tragic new development, and Mark Bridger was officially charged with the murder on October 6th. It happened so quickly that volunteers were still looking for the girl when an interviewer from Sky News accidentally broke the news while asking them about the case. On October 8th, additional charges were brought up against Mark for the concealment and disposal of a body, and he was remanded into custody pending his trial, which occurred on October 8th via video link. The search for April's body continued into 2013 and did not end until April 22nd of that year a little over three months after Mark Bridger pleaded not guilty to the crime. Hers was the largest missing person search in U.K. police history. During his trial, which began on April 29, 2013, a forensic expert told the court that fragments of human bones consistent with a young child were found in the fireplace of Mark's cottage. This, in connection with the blood splatters, made it abundantly clear that April was murdered within his home. But Mark stuck to his accidental car accident story and insisted he was too drunk to remember what he did with the body. It was also revealed that, in addition to the pornographic images on his computer, there were photos of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman, both victims of murderer Ian Kevin Huntley, Caroline Dixon, a 13-year-old girl murdered in France in 1996... Jessica Lunsford, a nine-year-old murdered in Florida in 2005, and Ezra Akus, a six-year-old Turkish girl murdered in 2001. This proved that, in addition to being a pedophile, he was a man obsessed with child murders. As the images flashed on the screens, it became clear that Mark was getting pleasure from viewing them. So the appalled jurors asked if he could be turned around and forced not to look. The judge obliged. When asked why he had photos of the young girls on his computer, including a violent rape scene from a movie, he claimed he wanted to learn how his daughter would develop, and that he had written to porn companies abroad to complain about the images, so he had to save them as evidence. No one believed him, and on March 30, 2013, Mark Bridger was found guilty of abduction, murder, and perverting the course of justice. After the verdict, Mark confessed to the prison chaplain that he disposed of April's body in the Dulas that flowed behind his home. Despite the massive search, April's body has never been found. In November of 2013, April's parents campaigned to have search online engines modify their systems and block the results that produce child abuse images. There is also a campaign called April's Law that would force all sexual predators to remain on the registry for the rest of their lives. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.